Hey folks, welcome to the podcast. Don't forget to get over on YouTube, check out this episode so you can see the maps and diagrams that went with this episode. If you're over there, click on the link. You can check out everything associated with Shannon Street, pictures, documentaries, my book, all kinds of neat stuff. Enjoy the podcast. Hey folks, JR. Ready for another episode of Echoes of Shannon Street Case File. It's going to be episode 8, Hurry, Wait. Before we get into the statements, we're going to listen to another little clip from the uh, documentary based on my book, Echoes of Shannon Street. So let's listen to that and then we'll get into the statements. Now, before I forget, the lady that's speaking from the documentary is Melinda Harden. She's the regional coordinator for the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And she's speaking about uh, police and the effects on being a police officer. And this is a really good clip from the documentary. They usually see the worst of humanity. They see the neglect, they see the abuse, they see the hatred, the violence, the vulgarity, they see the depravity of society. And they have to deal with that and process that every day to try to make a good situation out of a bad, bad situation. I think some can become hardened because that's the only way they know how to deal with it. Okay, folks, in this episode, we're going to hear the statements from Officer Owen, Officer Parker, and Officer Vidlage. That will probably be all we'll have time to do for this episode. This is going to be the the next set of officers that are arriving. Most of these officers are coming just a few seconds behind each other. In fact, if you Go back and listen to the radio transmissions. You can, you'll hear most of these cars making the scene. Sometimes that's all you will hear from them is, is them making the scene. You won't hear anything else. You, you can hear Vidlage on the radio for a little bit if you listen for car 121. Oh, okay. Let's get into the statements. Officer Owen, state your name. Lisa Lee Owen. What is your present duty assignment? North Precinct C-Shift. Were you on duty Tuesday night, January 11, 1983? Yes, I was. What is your duty assignment? 141. Is this a one-man or a two-man car? One man. How long have you been on the police department? A little over a year. Officer Owen, did you respond to a call to 2239 Shannon? Yes, I did. State your location at the time you heard the call at Chelsea and Woodlawn. What were you doing at the time? Getting ready to phone in a report I had just taken on an auto theft. What was the broadcast on the radio that you heard? The first response I heard was car 128 calling for another car to send another car. 
Did you respond to that call? Yes, sir, I did, and I started pulling over that way. Were you dispatched by the dispatcher or were you doing it on your own? At that time, I was just pulling over on my own. What happened next? Then they started hollering for help and the dispatcher advised any cars respond and give their number. And at that time, I gave my number. Were you aware who the officers were assigned to car 128? Yes, sir, I was. Who were they? Ray Swill and Hester. How did you approach the scene? I was going east on Chelsea and went all the way down Chelsea to Hollywood, took a left on Hollywood and then turned left on Heard. And by that time, there were two squad cars in front of me and I followed them on into Shannon. How did you approach the house at 2239 Shannon? I was going westbound on Shannon and I approached the house and parked one house to the east side of the address on the north side of the street. What P number of the vehicle were you operating? 906. Is this a black and white unit or it was black and white? When you parked, what was the next thing you observed? I parked and grabbed my shotgun out of the rack and I observed five or six officers on east side of the house. A lot of squad cars all up and down the south side of Shannon. First thing I remember seeing was an officer standing behind a tree in front of the house. And as soon as I got out of the car, I heard approximately 10 shots go off. Could you tell where these shots were coming from? All right, let's take a short break from Officer Owen's statement. We can look, look here at our little uh, crime scene diagram, get an idea of at least some of the cars that were on the scene, car numbers and then officers that were on the scene. There were more. If you looked at the episode, uh, I guess it was episode six. Anyways, there was an episode that had a picture from the paper, front page, press seminar showing squad cars parked in front of the house. It gives you an idea just how many officers were on this scene and from a multitude of precincts. But anyways, this gives us an idea of, of North Precinct representation on this scene. And you can see that Owens is parked over by the school. She said she was parked on the north side of the street directly across from the house just east of 2239 Shannon. So that's where that would put her. And then she just ran across the street. Okay, page three of Officer Owen's statement. This answer is in regards to the question on page two about where the shots she heard were coming from. Her answer is inside the house. Who was the officer at the tree in front of the house? Ed Vidlage. What is the next thing you saw? At that time, there were several police officers from East and West Precinct because I was unfamiliar with them. I didn't know them. They were all going towards the bushes on the right-hand side of the house, which would be the east side of the house when the shot started being fired. Everybody was trying to take cover. Did you take cover somewhere? Yes, I did. Where did you take cover? 
upon a vehicle on the south side of the street. What happened next? Shots stopped, and I heard 121 get on the radio and advise about the shots and the officers. That was about, like I said, I don't know who they were. There were about 10 officers over there. We all took cover, took cover to the bushes or took over to the bushes. Doesn't make sense either way. Towards the house and just took cover and stood by. Then what happened next? Ray Swill came out of the house. Did he come out of the front door? Yes, he did. Was he by himself? And how did he come out? Was he running or walking? He was staggering out. Was anyone else with him with him coming out the front? No, I don't think so. Did you hear any more shots after Officer Swill came out of the front door? After he came out? Yes. I believe I heard something inside. I heard shots right before he came out. It was about two to three seconds I heard a shot, sounded like a shotgun, and then he came out the door. Now that shotgun blast that she hears, that's going to be uh, Russ Aiken cranking off a shotgun round through the, the back window on the south side of the house. Where did Officer Swill go? Someone grabbed him. I don't know. I don't even know who it was. He went out towards the west side of the house. Could you tell if Officer Swill had his jacket on or not when he came out? No, sir, I don't remember. What was the next action you took? I just stayed behind my cover. At this time, I remember Lieutenant Summers advising everybody to get back and go back towards the east side, and we all went down to cover behind the building. I don't even know what the street is, the next street east. East of 2239 Shannon? Uh-huh. What shotgun did you have with you tonight? Do you have the shotgun number you had tonight? No, sir, I don't. Where is it at this time? In my rack in the car. Is your car parked here? Yes, it's on that street. Did you fire your shotgun? No, sir, I didn't. Did you fire your pistol? No, sir. Did you see any of the occupants in the house? No, sir, I didn't. Were you ever in the rear of the house? No, sir. Is there anything else you would like to add to this statement at this time? No, sir. What we have here is an overview of a map showing Officer Owen's location in car 141 when the call went out for help from Officer Swill. As you can see, she was on Chelsea. She was probably, looks like, 15 blocks, maybe 10, 15 blocks to where Turner and Norton were when they made the, the call. You can always, it helps you remember that Turner and Norton were at uh, Bellevue and Chelsea, which is just on the east side of uh, I-40 Midtown. For the record, state your name. Patrolman Stephen Conrad Parker. Patrolman Parker, are you aware this statement is being recorded? Yes, I am. Were you working on Tuesday, January 11, 1983? Yes, sir, I was. State your precinct shift and car assignment. I was North Precinct C-Shift in car 163. 
Did you have a partner or were you riding by yourself? I was one man. On Tuesday, January 11, 1983, did you receive a call to 2239 Shannon? I jumped on the call when they started saying shots had been fired. I was tied up on another call and I left my partner on that call getting the data. Where were you when you first heard the call that shots were being fired? I was in the 2800 block of Overton Crossing. Approximately what time did you arrive on the scene? I have no idea. I don't even know what time the call came out or anything. When you arrived on the scene, state everything that you saw and observed. When I got on the scene, a lot of officers were in the front of the house and they were trying to determine if anybody was in the back of the house. So I jumped a, went through a gate and I thought it was a red duplex. <clears throat> they told me on the radio that it was a duplex. So I jumped the fence in that yard, went to the rear of the duplex on the corner. I could see Officer Aiken standing in the back of the other house. There was a door on the west side that was standing open. I was covering it and Officer Aiken told me to come over there. At this time, I got to the rear door on the south side and Officer Aiken was on the other side next to a window. We were there, I could hear a radio laying about 10 feet inside the door. They were saying the suspect had a radio and I thought it was him. Evidently it was probably Swill's radio laying on the floor as far as I could determine. I was looking in the door with the shotgun trying to see if I could see anybody when a shot came out the rear window right next. And continuing from page one, talking about the round that was fired out the window, it came close to Officer Aiken's head. This time we backed off to get away from the house. It was just a frame house told him to get away from the house. I don't know where he went. I went back over to the duplex to that corner. I got the people out of the duplex, took them around out in the street, and then I went inside the duplex, and they had a window right there facing that open door on the west side. I couldn't see through the window, so I had to break a pane out of the window. At this time, I stayed there for about three or four hours till they finally advised me to leave. While you were on the scene, how many shots did you hear fired? One shot, it was fired from inside the house. I take that back. When I first pulled up and went to the house, I heard several shots fired inside the house, two or three shots maybe. Did you ever see any of the officers shooting? No, sir. Did you ever fire a shot? No, sir. What type of weapon were you armed with? Shotgun. Did you see any officers injured while you were on the scene? No, sir. Officer Swill was evidently already out of the front, got out of the house, but I never saw Officer Hester. I never saw anybody in the house. I could hear a lot of noise inside the house. While I was in the house next door, I could hear Officer Hester very clearly screaming and crying and calling for help. I heard him several times to tell the guy to please kill him, please kill me. Could you tell how many people were inside the house? All I could hear was Hester yelling, except for one time he came to the back of the house, the lights went out in the house, the den in the back was all lit up and the lights went out. About two minutes later, it looked like somebody was playing with the fuse box because there was about three or four lights back there in the stereo. 
and they all and they would all light up at once about a second and turn off and light up and turn off and light up and turn off about three or four times in about 10 minutes later i heard him come to the back of the house and i couldn't see inside he started yelling from the back of the house y'all had better get back y'all had better get back i told him on the radio and also heard him walk towards the front of the house he was still yelling, you'd better get back, you better get back. I heard him fading off, heard him yell it one more time from the front. I didn't hear anything else out of them. Could you tell how many people were inside the house? It was only one I heard was the suspect and Officer Hester. You arrived on the scene, named the officers that you saw. Officer Aiken was in the rear. I saw Officer Village by a tree in the front yard when I jumped the fence. When I brought the people out, I saw Village was still there. When I went back in, I didn't see any other officers. I believe I saw Jimmy Johnson from the West, and at one time I could hear them talking and it sounded like his voice. How did you come to the scene? What route? I came down Odin Cross into James, down McLean to Chelsea to Hyde Park, about halfway down, my blue lights went out and I overshot Hyde Park, but there were two more squad cars coming my way and I just got in behind them and followed them up Hyde Park to Shannon. Approximately how many cars were on the scene when you arrived? I couldn't tell you, it was a bunch. Like I said, I ran up about three or four cars. Somebody had their headlights and spotlights still on. I turned them off and they said something about getting in getting in the back of the house. I was right in the front of somebody's gate and I just opened the gate and eased in their backyard. It was about two houses west of the house. Oh, time you were there, you never saw an officer fire his weapon? No, sir. Were you injured at all during the shooting? No, sir. Is there anything else you'd like to add to this statement? No, sir. Map showing the area around 2239 Shannon. You can see that where Parker was located, 2800 block of Overton Crossing, and then his path down to the scene. So he was south on Overton Crossing, and then he went back east on James Road, and then south on McLean down to Chelsea, and then back eastbound on Chelsea, and then north on Hyde Park, and then finally eastbound back on Shannon. As you can tell from his description, there were a lot of cars on that scene. Officer Vidlage. How long have you been employed by the Memphis Police Department? Three and one half years. What is your present assignment? North Precinct 121 C shift. Is this a one man or a two man car? Two man car. Who is your partner? William Downing. Explain your own words what you observed and what actions you took after arriving on the scene there. Well, while we were making the scene, we heard that there was an officer down and shots were being fired inside the house. We pulled up approximately one house away from it and started running up to the scene. We got to the scene, kept hearing shots fire. My partner, partner took a position in front of another squad car that was standing out in front of the house with a shotgun. And I run there a big oak tree in front of the house, took up position in the back of the oak tree. 
that time, more shots were being fired. I didn't know where the shots were coming from, if they were officers shooting or there were people inside shooting out. And I just started, I screamed to the officers in the front of the house, don't shoot, we had men inside, but more shots were still fired. Attempted to get the front of the house and could not. I stayed by the oak tree, at which time I saw the front door open and Officer Swill came running out. My partner down and grabbed Swill and drug him down beside the squad car, at which time I believe it was J.D. Moore, our lieutenant, one of the lieutenants, arrived on the scene and we screamed at him to get Ray to the hospital, which time he left for the hospital. Stayed at that position for another hour or hour and a half while TAC unit and everybody else set up. And between that time, there were several shots fired in the area. What kind of call did you and your partner receive to this location? Call for help, shots being fired. We put ourselves on the call. Yes, sir. Did you fire your weapon at any time? No, sir. Do you know whether your partner did or did not? No, he did not. Did you ever get inside the house? No, sir. Did you ever observe anyone inside the house? No. The only thing I observed, the window on the, if you are facing the house, looking south at the house, the window on the left-hand side, I just saw the shade move, not the shade, the curtain move two or three times. Is this your regular territory to run? No, sir, it isn't. Have you ever made a call to this house before? Not to the house, to the area I've made a call, yes, sir. After you arrived on the scene and shortly thereafter, you said there was several shots fired. Could you tell how many shots? If I had to guess, I'd say around 20, if I had to guess. It was just boom, 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 you know. Were these shots being fired inside the house? It was towards the back of the house, you know. Could have been inside or it could have been in the back. Shoot again. Now the shots that everybody seems to be hearing, of course, are the shots that Russ Aiken is firing and then, of course, receiving return fire from the suspects inside the house. Did you notice anything unusual outside in the front yard of this house on a tree? Yes, I noticed a sign up against the tree I was leaning against, which is on the right-hand side of the house, a big oak tree. There was a sign on the house there, and it had a picture of a pig on it, a drawn pig, and it had wanted for murder, Mr. Hogg. And on the left-hand side, it was encased in plastic. On the left-hand side, top left, there was a Polaroid snapshot of something, but it was too dark to see. A very dark snapshot, and there was also smaller writing on the bottom, which I didn't particularly pay attention to. I just know that it stood out in my mind. After receiving this call for assistance as a backup unit, how long did it take for you and your partner to get on the scene? I'd say approximately three to four minutes. We were at front and kill, and I just blew lights and sirens and stomped to the gas all the way down there. I didn't stop for no red lights. I didn't stop for anything. Is there anything else you'd like to add to this statement at this time? No, sir. And folks, if y'all knew Ed Vidlage, that's exactly how he talked all the time. He don't ever ask Ed Vidlage a question if you didn't want to get 
if you didn't want to get an honest answer. I got the overview here of where Village and Downing were at in car 121 down on Front Street in Kiel. So they're just, they're actually probably a block away from Chelsea. So they got on Chelsea and just ran it eastbound all the way until they got to Hyde Park and north of Hyde Park and back eastbound to 2239 Shannon. That's a pretty good run too. Thank goodness it was a straight away and late at night. Folks, that's gonna wrap up episode eight. We've got a few more officer statements to go and then we're gonna get into the negotiations and we'll see where that takes us from there. I do appreciate y'all listening in and I hope you're enjoying this. Forget now you get over on the YouTube page, hit that subscribe button. And we will see you on the next episode and we'll see you down the road.